Hello and welcome to our summary on the Cold War. My name is Barbara and I'll be explaining key historical facts you need to be aware of when it comes to the Cold War. So let's begin with the origins of the Cold War in 1941 to 1958. Firstly, there were three big alliances from World War II, Britain, the USA and the USSR, and they were also known as the Grand Alliance. Their aim was to defeat Nazi Germany. However, as the war ended, tensions arose. So looking at how the big three discussed Europe's future at Tehran and the Alta. In 1943, the Grand Alliance focused on plans to defeat the Nazis. The three superpowers, Britain and the USA, were politically different from the USSR. However, there were still tensions between the three, although these tensions were put aside as they fought Nazi Germany. The Grand Alliance made decisions about the future of Europe, and these included free elections, and the United Nations would replace the failed League of Nations. However, Potsdam revealed the first cracks in the Grand Alliance. So in May 1945, after Germany surrendered, the Allied leaders met again at Potsdam over July and August. They wanted to work on the finer details of their plan for Germany and Europe. These are some of the important agreements which were made at Potsdam. Firstly, new boundaries of Poland were agreed. Secondly, the Big Three plus France would divide Germany and Berlin between them. And thirdly, Nazi leaders would be tried for war crimes at Nuremberg. Germany would be divided into four zones. One for Britain, another for France, another for USA, and the final one for USSR. However, the Allies didn't decide if or when the zones could rejoin and form a country again. Roosevelt had died and Harry Truman succeeded him as US president, and Truman was more suspicious of the USSR and less willing to compromise. Britain and the US were also alarmed by Stalin's actions in Poland. Indeed, he had installed a government consisting of only pro-communist members in Britain and the US felt that this went against the Yalta Agreement. The USA and the USSR had very different ideologies. The tension between the USA and the USSR was partly caused by their very different beliefs. Indeed, the USSR was communist, while the USA was capitalist. Both countries also feared the other's intentions. So firstly, Communism really meant state control of industry and agriculture. And this contrasted with the ideology of the USA, which valued private enterprise, the American dream, that anyone could work their way to the top, which is really at the heart of the capitalist system. Also, the USSR only allowed one political party, which was the Communist Party, whilst the USA valued political freedom. Communism aimed at world revolution, and so it was seen by Americans as a danger to their democracy. However, the communists also feared worldwide American influence. So thus there emerged two superpowers. The USA and the USSR emerged from the Second World War as the two biggest powers in the world, but they were very suspicious of one another and began to interpret the other's actions as threats. Another important thing is that the USA kept the atom bomb a secret. So firstly, you need to be aware that Japan during the Second World War was on Germany's side in the war, 
and Japan continued to fight after Germany had surrendered in May 1945. In August 1945, the USA dropped two atom bombs on Japan, destroying the cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The atom bombs meant that military help from the USSR wasn't needed to defeat Japan. President Truman also refused to allow the USSR to take part in the US occupation of Japan. The USA had kept the exact nature of the atom bomb a secret from the USSR at Potsdam in July 1945, although of course Stalin spies had passed on many details. These nuclear weapons boosted the status of the USA and for four years it was the world's only nuclear power. Stalin saw the development of the atom bomb as an attempt to intimidate the USSR and was angry that the USA had managed to surpass Soviet technology. The atom bombs increased the rivalries between the USA and the USSR and so the USSR sped the development of its own atomic bomb starting an arms race between the two countries. Also, the USSR became influential in Eastern Europe. So firstly, at the end of the Second World War, the Red Army, which was the USSR's army, occupied Eastern Europe. These countries would pass into the USSR's sphere of influence after the war. And between 1945 and 1948, Stalin installed a pro-Soviet puppet government in Poland, Hungary, Romania, Bulgaria, and Czechoslovakia. For a while, it seemed that Czechoslovakia might remain democratic, but when the Communist Party seemed likely to lose ground in their election, it seized power in February 1948. The exception to Soviet domination was Yugoslavia, which had freed himself from the Germans without the Red Army. Yugoslavia was communist, but much more open to the West, and its leader Tito argued with Stalin over political interference. Stalin cut off aid, but it didn't invade. An iron curtain was then formed between East and West. Increasing tensions between the USA and the USSR became known as the Cold War. There was no direct fighting. Both sides were afraid of another war, especially after 1945. And the USSR then developed its own nuclear weapons after 1949. Countries in Western Europe tended to support the USA. Most countries in Eastern Europe, however, were dominated by the USSR. In a famous speech in 1946, Winston Churchill warned that there was an iron curtain dividing Europe. There was also mutual suspicion. The Cold War was really a period that developed because of international tension, with each side suspicious of the other, each side of course being the USA and the USSR. Another thing to be aware of is the Long and the Nikov telegrams, both of which were detailed reports. So in 1946, tensions between the superpowers were extremely high. Each country thus issued secret telegrams about the other. The 1946 telegrams were detailed reports describing the motivations and intentions of the other country. Neither country seemed to know for certain what the other was thinking. The reports panicked both the Russian and the American governments, and of course, this accelerated the Cold War. Now, firstly, looking at the long telegram, it was issued to President Truman about the USSR. It is said that Stalin had given a speech in favor of the destruction of capitalism 
and it warned of the USSR trying to weaken and divide Western powers while building the strength of its own military. Looking at the Nikov telegram, it was issued about Stalin and it was issued to Stalin, in fact, about the USA. The report claimed that the USA was pursuing world supremacy and it warned that the USA was trying to limit the influence of the USSR in Europe. President Truman, who was mentioned earlier, acted to contain the communist threat. He was extremely worried about the spread of communism to Western Europe. Many countries were undergoing economic hardship, which he thought might make communism look more appealing. So the USA decided to intervene in Europe through using martial aid, and this was their hope to try and contain the spread of communism. This fell under the Truman Doctrine, which was announced in March 1947, and the USA essentially pledged to support any nation threatened by a communist takeover. This support could be diplomatic, military or financial. For example, the USA gave $400 million of aid to Turkey and Greece to stop communism spreading in both countries. The Marshall Plan was announced in June 1947, and this promised $17 billion of aid to European countries to help rebuild their economies. The areas of Germany under Western occupation benefited massively. Stalin, however, ordered all of his satellite states to reject the plan. He believed that the USA was using economic incentives to lure Eastern European states away from the USSR. The USSR reacted by creating the common form. Thus, Stalin had, of course, felt really threatened by the Truman Doctrine and he reacted by strengthening and uniting its allies in the East. The common form, which stands for Communist Information Bureau, was thus set up in 1947 and the organization brought together all European communist parties and placed them under the control of the USSR. The Comicon, which means the Council for the Mutual Economic Assistance, was established in 1949 and it countered the Marshall Plan by nationalizing industries, collectivizing agriculture and offering economic aid. Stalin hoped this would encourage economic development in Eastern Europe and discourage trade with the West. It also appeased the countries that had been ordered to refuse martial aid. Now moving on to the Berlin crisis. Tension over the division of Germany had been building since the Potsdam Conference and it finally spilled over in the Berlin crisis in 1948. This result in even a larger rift between the two great powers. In 1948, the USSR and the West clashed over Berlin. Indeed, immediately after the war, if you can recall from earlier in the video, there were four zones of occupied Germany and four zones also within Berlin. In 1947, the USA and Britain agreed to combine the zones to form Bisonia, and the next year, France agreed to add their zone to Bisonia. The new Western zone had a single government, and in June 1948, it introduced a new currency to help economic recovery. This alarmed the USSR. Stalin did not want a unified Western zone on his doorstep. West Berlin's strong capitalist economy embarrassed the USSR and made communism look weak. And as a result, Stalin decided to blockade Berlin. 
In June 1948, he ordered that all road, rail and canal links between West Berlin and the outside world should be cut off. Now, looking at the arms race. In the Cold War, the USA and the USSR tried to gain an advantage by forming military alliances and developing ever more powerful weapons. The aim was to look strong and deter the other from attacking. The USA and the USSR began an arms race. So firstly, during the Cold War, the USA and the USSR worked to develop the most powerful weapons they could, which obviously resulted in an arms race. Secondly, neither side, however, wanted to use these weapons, but both felt that the other couldn't be allowed to gain an advantage. The fear was that if either gained a significant military advantage, that country might be tempted to trigger a war and take advantage of it. Thirdly, Instead, and as a result, a standoff developed where both countries didn't dare act against each other, but also didn't dare get left behind the other. Fourthly, this competition sometimes spilled over into other areas. For example, when the USSR launched the first satellite into space, the USA quickly developed one of its own. This space race led to the USSR spending the first man into space in 1961 and to the USA sending astronauts to the moon in 1969. Both countries developed nuclear stockpiles. So the arms race was also fueled by the fear and suspicion created by other events. The formation of NATO in 1949 made the USSR feel militarily vulnerable and in February 1950, Communist China and the USSR signed a Treaty of Alliance which strengthened Western fears that the USSR was planning a communist domination. That being said, Nikita Khrushchev raised hopes of a peaceful coexistence. So in 1953, something important happened. Stalin died and another member of the Communist Party, Nikita Khrushchev, took power. Khrushchev said he wanted peaceful coexistence with the West. His words brought hope that there would be a thaw in the Cold War. However, Khrushchev remained very competitive with the USA. Indeed, he wanted communism to spread, but he thought that the best way to achieve this was to clearly demonstrate its superiority and not by defeating the West in a war. There were also divisions in Eastern Europe. Not all of the USSR's satellite states had willingly accepted communism, and the USSR soon faced unrest. Now, remember that when Khrushchev came to power, he made a speech criticizing Stalin's policy, and he brought in measures to de-Stalinize the USSR. These included the abolition of the death penalty and the freeing of political prisoners who were jailed under Stalin's regime. This caused some satellite states in Eastern Europe to hope that the countries would become de-Stalinized. Khrushchev also abolished the common form, meaning that states in Eastern Europe would have more political and economic freedom from the USSR. These moves allowed tensions in the satellite states to rise to the surface. Not all states had chosen communism, and they saw the changes as a chance to loosen ties with the USSR. In 1956, there was an uprising in Poland the USSR wanted to intervene, but eventually allowed the new government to follow. And this le led them to follow what was seen as their own version of communism.
This, however, encouraged other states to consider revolt. The USSR, however, used the Hungarian uprising to send a message. So, of course, if you recall with Hungary, the USSR had helped put Matthias Rakosi, who was a brutal Stalinist, in charge of Hungary straight after the end of the Second World War. His authoritarian regime became increasingly unpopular. In October 1956, the people of Budapest protested against his government and Khrushchev allowed the liberal Imre Nagy to take over from Rakosi as Hungarian Prime Minister. Nagy hoped that Hungary could be a neutral state. Now, in November 1956, Nagy announced that Hungary would withdraw from the Warsaw Pact and hold free elections, ending communism there. However, if Hungary was allowed to turn away from communism, Khrushchev feared that other satellite states might do the same. The USSR felt that it had to respond with force and make an example of Nagy. Khrushchev, who had only held power for just two years, wanted to use this crisis to assert his authority. As a result, Soviet tanks invaded Hungary in November 1956 and thousands of Hungarians were killed or wounded. Nagy was arrested and hanged and Janos Kadar became prime minister and ensured loyalty to the USSR. Thus, the crisis strengthened the USSR and discredited the West. So Khrushchev's brutal response to Hungary demonstrated to satellite states in Eastern Europe that disloyalty would not be tolerated. It also showed the Western powers that the USSR was still in control, and it was a turning point for Khrushchev as his actions reasserted his authority over the satellite states and destroyed any illusions in the West that his leadership signified a thaw in the Cold War. There was a lack of intervention from Western countries, although they condemned the USSR's actions, they did not want to intervene in order to not risk a nuclear war. The United Nations asked the USSR to withdraw from Hungary, but Qadar refused to take part in discussions and hence the situation remained unresolved. So thank you so much for listening. Do come back for a second and third video where we look at other aspects of the Cold War as it drew on.